I was believing the lie that the church could not fully accept me if they knew about my past. Everybody wants honesty, authenticity, especially when it's someone else being honest and authentic. You know what I'm saying? I mean, sure, sure. We want it too. We want to dive right in once we know the water's safe and the sharks won't eat us up. That's just the way of it. But what if it's you that God is calling to go head first, to be honest without any guarantees that the sharks won't bite? How do you even get to that place of courage? Well, today's guest is here because she did just that. She told her story in a book called Hindsight, Seeing Clearly Through the Veil of Deception. Her name is Rhonda Madge, and I am so glad to have her here with us today on the Isle of Misfits. Welcome, Rhonda. Thank you, Nancy, for having me. I, I'm really excited to be here this morning and to see what, uh, what God would have for us today. Me too, me too, because you know what, Rhonda, the truth is we all have stories, right? I mean, you know, maybe they're, yeah, they're, yep, or, you know, pages of our stories, and some are exciting, and some are the kind of stuff we really don't want to tell the world, let alone the person, you know, sitting in the next cubicle or sitting next to us in the pew, and yet you did, and I want to hear, I want to hear more, but first... But first, I think you know what's coming, because I gave you a heads up. (laughs) Bring on the game, Nancy. Bring it on. She already knows. (laughs) Okay, it is time, my friend, to play a stupid game crafted just for you. And today's stupid game is entitled Fun Facts About Nashville, because you, you actually live in Franklin, correct? That's right. Okay. Just, uh, just about 15 miles outside of Nashville. All right. So that's where I figure, all right, if you're in Franklin, you know Nashville. And you've lived in Tennessee for a lot of your life, right? I'm a Tennessee native. You are a native. Okay. Yeah. So that means you know all about Nashville. So now it's time to put you to the test. So we'll make, all right. okay, we'll make this easy. So we'll do true, false, maybe a couple multiple choice. Real easy. Painless. Okay. Painless. All right. First one is true or false. Nashville was actually founded on Christmas Eve in 1779. Is that true or false? Wow. Hmm. And you know I got all my answers from the internet, so you know they're true. Okay. okay. <laughs> I did not do a no. Snopes fact check, but... 1979. Yeah. No, 1779. 17. Christmas, yes. Yeah, I, I said 19. Yeah. Um, I, I will go with false on that one you know what that actually is true christmas eve 70 i guess it was somebody's christmas present to found a whole town so there now you know interesting yeah yeah so okay all right number two this is multiple choice i have a feeling you're going to get this one the at&t tower downtown has a nickname due to its resemblance to what famous pair of ears is it a mickey mouse b batman or c dumbo Batman. Batman, you That's got right. it, right? Yes. yes. See, you knew. I knew that you would know that one. <laughs> All right, very, very good. All right, moving right along. This, back to true or false. All right, and I'm going to tell you right up front. 
something of a trick question. That's all I'm going to say, okay? Mm. Okay. Franklin D. Roosevelt coined the phrase, good to the last drop after drinking a cup of coffee at the Maxwell House Hotel. Is that true Mm. or false? I'm going to go with true on that one. All right, you know what? And I'm going to give it to you because I made it tricky. It is true that one of the Roosevelt presidents did coin that phrase, um, but it was actually Teddy Roosevelt. So okay. that was that was where I tried to throw you, but that wasn't very nice. So yeah, yeah. So that's where it came from. Good to the bully. Good to the last drop. So well, yes. I knew that we had the Maxwell Hotel, so that I was that's kind of what I was leaning toward. That it had to be true. But yeah, you're stumping me this morning, Nancy. No, no, you got it. I'm <laughs> telling you. All right, so all right, one more, one more. Okay, Centennial Park. Centennial Park is home to the only full-size replica of what iconic structure? Is it the Greek Parthenon, is it the Leaning Tower of Pisa, or is it the Childhood House of Chick-fil-A founder S. Truett Cathy? Absolutely the Greek Parthenon, which everyone (laughs) needs to go to if they come to Nashville. It's awesome. You got it. And yes, I was there. It is beautiful. So I thought I'd throw you with the the Chick-fil-A house. So I was going to throw in that it was gold-plated as well. But no, (laughs) could not fool you. So all right. Excellent. Well, you got three out of four, and that's a great job. Now I believe you really live near Nashville. So yes. So for your trouble, if I have any left, I think I do. Um, You have just won yourself a bona fide official Isle of Misfits. Own your awkward mug. So congratulations. Yay. Yay. That'll be coming to you by Amazon drone sometime soon, I'm sure. <laughs> all right. So all right, enough of this tomfoolery. Let's let's move on. So so previously, before we got into the stupid game, I was alluding to the fact that all right, so you know, everybody's got parts of their story that they just don't really want to tell. And yet you told yours. So let's let's back up. So we could go in two directions. We could go with the why or we could go with the what. I'm going to leave it up to you where you want to start. Gosh, Nancy, my life took a, a dramatic turn when I was 17 years old. I was an only child living in a small town to uh, hardworking parents. And I accepted Christ at a revival. And six months following that, my father was murdered. Mm. And that day, I stepped out on the back porch, and I looked up to the heavens, and the God that I had just received into my heart, I blamed him. I shook my fist to the heavens and said, why, God, why? And I turned sure. from him. I turned from him that day. And uh, I walked for many years in darkness and the consequences of that and but let let me say this to the outside world Nancy I was great Mm -hmm. because I was a really good pretender so when you use that word honest and authentic um, a a large majority of my early years of life uh, were not because I, I was a pharmaceutical rep, I traveled, I had great clothes, I, all of those things. I appeared to be so happy, but yet at night, uh, I would lay down in bed and I just, it was as though uh, there was this fester on the inside of me that was growing. I was in a continual search to fill the void in my life and nothing would fill it. And with that came just uh, failed marriages, uh, just 
a lot of anxiety, um, but again, no one knew. And it wasn't until I made the choice to turn back toward God and learn who he truly was that life began to change. So I'm I'm just kind of taking this all in because I, I did read through your story. So hearing you talk about what I've already read about is just kind of bringing me back there and and reliving some of that. And, you know, by all appearances, you had it all together, right? You, yes. you yes. people looked at you. You know, you, you, like you said, you had the clothes. You had you had it going on. You had the job, um, and it brings me to mind of um, a verse. I bet you know, uh, is out of Samuel sixteen, I believe that man looks on the outward appearance, yes. but God mm-hmm. looks on the heart. Yes. So it sounds to me like something was going on in your heart, and I'm interested to know even though I read the book, what do you think, what was that tipping point that brought you to a place of, a, all right, you know what, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get to what's going on deeper here. Well, the tipping point was my third marriage. And when we started trying to have children and we had a, there was a part of the story that again, I was standing before God asking why with clenched fist once again, But it was when I had my first baby and I looked into her eyes. I knew at that moment, in that exact moment that I saw her, that there had to be a God who loved me to have given me such a gift. I I, honestly, Nancy, I can I can think of that moment right in the second. Uh, It was uh, it was when looking at her that I looked up and uh, it was it was a journey back it didn't happen just like that but something told my husband and I that we needed to be in church and we wanted to have her in church and that was that was the tipping point as you call it right and it's bringing yet another scripture to mind in Romans. Um, mm-hmm. You talk, you know, you talked about looking at your daughter mm-hmm. and just bearing witness to the fact that oh, this is creation of God. Like it, it just it, where does it? Ta- I think it's in Romans one. It talks about you know since creation through creation, it bears witness to the fact that there is a God. So you're looking at mm-hmm. this beautiful little baby that yeah. that God created. And yes. and coming to the conclusion, all right, you know, there there is a God, and and now I I can only imagine I, I'm not going to write your story for you because you already did that. But mm-hmm. um, so knowing that there's a God, now now the next the next task is okay. But I've got some issues here. I've got some issues with God. Like you've said, you know, two times in your life, it was like, why why did you allow this to happen to my yes. father? Why did you not allow me to be able to conceive at first when you were going through that infertility? So. So talk a little bit about about that next step of all right now I know for sure there's a god but I got some issues with you how how did you reckon with all that Well it was a slow process um, we had we had our first daughter 17 months later we had our son and um, again life life was was precious it was good 
and we were going to church and for the first time I found myself in these pews and listening to the older hymns that I had grown up with and I began to hear things about God that I had not believed prior. I started to hear messages of of love and grace and mercy. And honestly, when I was growing up, Nancy, I I heard I heard more of the if we don't accept Jesus, then we're going to die and go to hell. Hmm. And so there was that fear and I began to look at God and His Son through new eyes, and I became hungrier to understand Him and the promises that are available to us in the Bible, because I did not know them. This God that you thought you knew Mm -hmm. all along, it sounds Mm -hmm. like you're kind of realizing maybe maybe there's more to him than I've been taught or that you know that I've been carrying with me all of these years you know that he's not out to get us and I think that's so true so many people and I'm gonna raise my hand in my little studio here have have wrestled with that because there's someplace deep in our heart that hopes what you're saying right now is true that God really is for us like scripture tells us but we kind of wrestle with it, oh, but you know, I don't know. I, I have this picture in my mind of the, you know, the rulers coming down and smacking me or, or even worse, yes. you know, a baseball bat or, you know, weapon of choice. So just waiting for us to screw up. And yes. the truth is, you know, every day, every day we, we wrestle and we, we have, you know, things that we regret at the end of every single day. And to live that way is so exhausting. Yes, it is. Well, we're promised, I mean, we're not promised, it's not a promise, we are told that we will have trials and tribulations. But the thing that I didn't understand is that he gives me the strength to walk through those. I had to reconcile Nancy early on in my faith. I I would find myself on my knees and I had to reconcile why God allowed the murder of my father. Hmm. He could have stopped it, and I had those questions why he didn't, but then I also had to come to the place of understanding he is God. (laughs) He is God, and then I came to understand the story of Joseph and what's intended for evil God can use for good, and when I started to understand and realize the battle in this world, uh, and the veil of the deception was then moved from my eyes uh, clearly, and I began to see clearly who God is, and from the beginning of time, that we are all in this battle, but do I lean on my understanding, on my own understanding, or do I lean upon God and trust Him and have a kingdom perspective of what awaits me after all of these trials and tribulations on earth. You know what, Rhonda, I'm processing all of this yet again, mm-hmm. and I'm going back to what you just said, and actually it's the subtitle of your book about that veil yes. of deception. So yes. here, here's the thing, like when I think of a veil of deception, it's, you know, it's something, it's, it's there in front of you, and maybe it's so close to you, you don't even realize that it's a veil, right? Because you can, after all, you can see through it, you know, it's not like a pane glass window, but sometimes 
what am I trying to say? I think of a good friend of mine years ago who's, who said something um, along the effects of, well, you don't realize you're deceived because mm-hmm. you're deceived. You know? yeah, so, that's and, a point. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I think that's the thing about veils. It's like, well, no, I don't have a veil. What are you talking about? Um, and the Bible talks about, you know, we, we see through a veil and um, until we see. So for people listening right now, you've been on both sides of it. You know, anyone who knows Jesus has been on both sides of it. So, but for, for those that were like, well, I don't, I'm not even sure exactly what you're talking about. What, what do you mean? when you talk about the veil? Well, it was as though something was over my eyes. And the reason I named the book Hindsight, Nancy, is because I came to a place when I started writing that all of a sudden the Lord gave me eyes to see almost as He saw me in my life. It, it was it was a Rolodex of memories that came to me that I had long ago forgotten. And all of a sudden, I began to see that even though I, I thought I was far from God, He was not far from me. And that was that veil over my eyes that was deceiving me. And <laughs> I began to to understand and to know his great love for me. And even in the darkest moments of my life, and there were some dark places, Nancy, um, places that I didn't reveal in the book, um, very personal, dark things. And I had, let me just say this, I'm on a prayer team at our church and I had this one woman come up and ask for prayer and she was crying as she walked up and she said, I just finished your book. And she said, I did far worse than you did. And I looked at her and I started laughing and I said, Oh my word, I couldn't put everything in the book. It's a Christian Mm -hmm. fiction. (laughs) I I, I mean, so it's there again, there is deception. Right, and not that I'm laughing at you, of course, but I I get it because there's there's oddly so, and maybe not oddly, there's comfort in knowing that. Oh, you mean it's not just me? It's not yes. just me that's carrying yes. around these regrets. Yes, yeah. and right. people are so deceived that that we have secrets that oh we can't we can't share, and even as it was revealed in hindsight, Nancy, um, there was that place that after. Uh, you know, my husband and I started getting so involved in church, and uh, we, I mean, we were seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Uh, There was a true turn and shift in our lives. My husband was going on three and four missions trips a year. I I mean, we loved Lord Jesus. But guess what? (laughs) There was still this deception. You mean it wasn't perfect? (laughs) It wasn't perfect because I was believing the lie that the church could not fully accept me if they knew about my past. Mm -hmm. So I continued to pretend to be someone that I wasn't even when I started walking with Jesus. Hmm. And it wasn't until I stood on a stage and I started to share stories about my life that I had been married twice before. Some of my very best friends did not know that. 
mm-hmm. I, I had bought into the, the deception that if they knew the truth, they couldn't, they couldn't receive me. They couldn't like me. How could someone that loved the Lord Jesus and walk with him really want to do life with someone like me? Mm, I bet nobody else struggles with these thoughts, Rhonda. Mm. Nobody, right? Mm. Yeah. No, yeah. I think I think a lot of people do. Yeah. A lot of people. That day, Nancy, there were over there were, in two services, there were over thirty people that were lined up. Tears. Mm-hmm. Yep. Tears saying, I I have a story much like you, but I'm so scared to tell it. Mm-hmm. And that that was the day that the Lord said, I can use you. And everything changed. Everything mm-hmm. changed. Um, Isn't that amazing? That's the yeah. day that the Lord said, I can use you. Because before then, you were, you know, we're talking about a veil. I, I'm also picturing a wall. You were behind a wall thinking, I, I can't, you know, I can't, I can't possibly, uh, you know. And that wall was keeping you from from being fully used, I'm sure God was using you before mm-hmm. that, you know, in your family and, you know, to a great extent. But that was the day the wall came down and said, okay, now, right. let, now, let, now let's really get to work. Now, now we've got something. That's here. exactly right. And it's called vulnerability. You mm-hmm. were vulnerable and you weren't just casting your pearls before swine. Because I think that's important because, you know, there is discernment in situations. And I'm not trying to backpedal at all because I think this is so needed. We're so hungry for this kind of thing in the church, for permission to be real, to be honest, yes. to be transparent. Yes. Um, but sometimes there's this pendulum, right? Like we're, we're either all closed up or we're... It's it's almost like TMI, like like you talked about, you know, your own story. Like, okay, I shared this. You know, your your book is it's it says based on a true story because there's just some things like you know what I don't need to share that. You you can get the idea. I don't need to yeah. share everything. Um, yeah. So it's I think that that's a thing too to to be able to say, all right, Lord, does it mean I have to share every deep deep deep, dark secret of my life in public, uh, you know, on a platform, or what does that mean, you know? And so, I don't know, is that something that you have any wisdom or insight to share with people that might be struggling with that? Well, I'm studying for a class right now in Psalms 38 and and Psalms 90, and for the life of me, I can't remember which one of those this is actually in, but it talks about the hidden places of the heart. Mm-hmm. God knows all of it. There is nothing. Yeah, does. There is nothing that is kept secret from Him. So, Nancy, for me, those those places that are just too raw and and too hard um, to talk to anyone about, um, I talk to God about those. Right. And He He long ago has forgiven me. Uh, and I and I know that, and and only in His grace and His mercy, you know, we're told forget what lies behind, but press on to the upward call of Christ Jesus. And it's amazing that when you get before the Lord, and you start to reveal those deep places that are just so hard and so painful, and you're forgiven, then it's. It's as though that he also just erases it 
Mm-hmm. I don't even mm-hmm. go back there anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I just. I don't have to go there anymore because I know that I'm a new creation and I've been forgiven. And that's the place of freedom in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus. I just wrote that word down. Freedom. Yay. It's it's just it's there's nothing like it. And that's that's what was revealed to me when the veil of deception was removed. That Amen. So that he is enough. That he is enough. He is enough. He is enough. He's our starting point. He's our ending point. He's every place in between. So this is so in review, what I'm hearing you say in answer to my question is the starting point is to get real with God because he already knows. Right. But sometimes we're like, "Ah, but I still don't want to. But, you know, if he already knows and you already know that he loves you despite it, just get real with him and receive that forgiveness that he's already offered. Right. That's right. And in doing so, then he erases it. So you don't have to live with it anymore. Mm-hmm. And finally, freedom. Freedom. Right. Yes. And we can walk in that. And that's how we can we can pass on to other people what we have. Because you know the, the thing is, Rhonda, we we can't really pass on effectively to other people what we haven't really grasped for ourselves. That's exactly right, Nancy. It's the Lord has. It's amazing to me because when we I started this writing journey ten years ago, listen, I I was on a Ukrainian boat on my knees in a room. We were working in orphanages, and the Lord said said to me, whispered the first time, "I want you to write a book." And man, I cried out, "Lord, I can't write! You know that I can't write!" (laughs) And he confirmed. I mean, it was confirmed to me that I couldn't write. I was told, <laughs> you can't write. You've got a, a lot of stories, a great deal of passion, but you can't write. But uh, you know what? As the Lord would have it, he it's, it's the situation, Nancy, when he asks you to do something, he has equipped you to do it. Uh-huh. And, That's exactly right. And I I couldn't see that, but through classes and through different things, I um, you know I I came to this place, and when this book was coming out, I really couldn't understand um, how it was going to be used, and I just I did it out of obedience, not knowing if it would be for one, if it would be for one, and the Lord has continually set the one in front of me. Mm. A woman that has had such a painful past that has mirrored much of my own life. He continues to bring me the one uh, and allows me to be vulnerable enough with the one to help them walk to that place of freedom. And you know what? That's, That's enough for me, Nancy. It's enough. It's more, yeah, more than enough. And I, I love yeah. that because to me, you're talking about the extravagance of God, that he would go to yes. all this trouble to take yeah. you and your story and all of the grace and the mercy and the beauty yes. of your life yes. to say, you know, I I want that one, that one right over there. Mm-hmm. I want you to go to that, to that person. And that, yes. yeah, and I love your obedience i love that your your heart is like hey that's worth it and 
if it's one over here, one over there, if it becomes multiple ones and thousands of ones or millions of ones, that's God's business. That's right. You're, but but you're being faithful because that's what God did for us. You know, he yes. he he sent Jesus to you, to me, yes. one at a time. And that's that's how he deals with us because he cares about our hearts. Yes. He did not come to condemn the world, but that all would be saved through him. Amen. Yep, one at a time. One, one at, at a, time. a time. That's right. Oh, wow. We've only just begun. Um, there's so much more we could talk about. And I would love to have you on again, Rhonda, because, you know, there's so much more to your story. So I'm, we'll just end it here for now just to recommend, hey, you got to read the book. It's called Hindsight. Tell people how they can find it. You can go to RhondaMadge.com. There are several links on my website. Or, of course, it's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It is also available on Audible. Um, so if um, and I and I actually was able. Did you narrate to, it? I did, Nancy. Yay! One of the most fun things I've ever done in my life. I it love so, it. So unexpected, but um, yeah. So. That's great. I love when authors narrate their own book. I think it brings something out because it's yours and you know your story. That's right. That's right. It was it was far more emotional than I ever expected it to be. And I even questioned would, you know, would a listener want to hear those uh, those emotions? But I oh, have, yes, I, I can tell you realize, as a listener. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, they do. For sure. So that's great. Yeah. So you can get on Audible, get it on Amazon, go to rondamatch.com. Rhonda, yes. thank you so much for being with us today. And like I said, uh, mugs coming in the mail, and we'd love to have you. <laughs> we'd love to have you back sometime. I would love to come back, Nancy. You've blessed me this morning, too. Thank you so much. And you as well. Thank you. Mm-hmm. God bless. That Rhonda, isn't she great? I think so. And I'm inspired to be a little more brave in owning my own awkward story. Because in addition to the awkwardness, there's a lot of grace in it. And there's a lot of grace in your story as well. How do I know? I just know. So be brave, my friend. Share your grace story. And you know what? I think you want to read Rhonda's story too. It's really good. And you can find her and her story at rhondamadge.com. And you can find more great podcasts like these at isleofmisfits.com. And hey, if you want to give me a shout out on the website, there's a contact page. You'll find it. I got one of her books here and maybe, just maybe, I'll give it away to one of you lucky shouter outers. So... Get busy shouting, and in the meantime, while you're shouting, own your awkward. Love your fellow misfit. And I'm telling you, look for beauty and truth out there. You're going to find it.